Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Welcome to the other stories Halloween week. Every day this week we will be celebrating the witching season with six of our favourite episodes and one brand new short story written by Bram Stoker award-winning author Keelan Patrick Burke. Join in with the fun and tell us what you're doing this Halloween using the social media hashtag TOSHalloween on your favourite social media platform. But for now, grab your pumpkin spice latte, put on your devil mask, and come make some trouble. Today's episode is Old Nobly, written by Luke Condor and narrated by Joseph Maudsley. At some point the pathway ended and the solid concrete beneath Alison's slippered feet turned to bracken and thistles and things that stung and bit. The bare skin of her legs thrummed with sore heat as the poisons and needles prickled and swelled, but she pressed onwards. He was just a little further ahead now. The thing that gives. Old Nobbly. The night gloom was almost pitch black, but for the silvery highlights of the moon and stars above, and the yellow of the street lights far back and to the left, past the cul-de-sac of Tudor Close. Daddy, 
The song was growing louder now, each syllable becoming clearer with every step. Even Mixie was singing, or crying. From there, Alison could see the jutting roofs of her and her neighbours' houses, could see the silhouettes of the chimneys and the satellite dishes, and on her right was nothing but fields and trees, walking routes and stone walls, farmhouses and desolate fields of mud and dirt. The man with long hair came to mind. The one with the ratty moustache from the corner shop. He told her how those dust-dirt fields were supposed to be beautiful crops of yellow rapeseed. So big and tall and luminescent, you'd think you'd stumbled upon a brand new shade of yellow. And a naturally alien colour that fetched a good price and a good living for the farmers. But now this year, Rattash said as he bagged up her white wine and cat food that morning, for some reason, Old Nobbly's not given out. Old Nobbly, she said. Rattash lifted the bulging carrier bag, ready to split and spill forth her groceries and said, Sure, or whatever you want to call the spirit of nature, the thing that gives to people. You want this double bagged? Yes, please. And wait, are you talking about God? God? Why did she say that? Alison was as atheist as they came. A nun of non-belief. She'd sooner believe in the idea that people actually did like the taste of Marmite. Rattash placed the bulging bag into a second and smiled, big and warm-like. He had the rosy cheeks and ruddy smile she'd normally associate with a butcher. It was the way he said it. The thing that gives to the people. That had a veneer of malevolence, of evil. And then Rattash chuckled as he handed the bag over, the handles already stretching and whitening, and Wanley said, Sure, why not? To some it could be called God, but a deity for sure. And Wanley said, She's left before hearing any more of this nonsense. The cheery smile and over-thick spread the man was laying on was too much for Alison. Maybe he was just trying to scare her, play games with the newcomer, the outlander, the community of Bill's thought was small and tightly woven. It wouldn't be too much of a stretch to think they might haze the newcomers a little bit, scare the city type with some local folklore. And yet she heard the song, that same night and more so with each one passing. started as a whine, a sort of dog whistle frequency, a sound that brought a mind of white plastic carrier bags, a field of them moving and rustling in a sea breeze. At least that was how it had begun. Mixie, her 13-year-old cat, had been mewing and pawing at the bedroom window as Tinnitus' sound found its way into the back of her ears, hidden in the tiny bones that danced there. No way, Mixie. You'll get lost out there. We're not in the city anymore. You've got to stay inside for a while. A couple of sleeping pills, a massage of the temples, and she was back to sleep. The sound defeated. Until the next night, when it returned in full. Again, Mixer was at the window sill of her bedroom, 
pouring at the glass as she was trying to dig her way through it. For an ancient cat, mostly blind and somewhat incontinent, Alison had been surprised at the old fart's energy and would have smiled at her determination if the noise hadn't returned again. This time a little louder, a little more grating, a wailing in the back of her ears that felt like it should have been accompanied by an icicle breath on the nape of her neck. She climbed out of the bed, feeling the cold of the house as she scampered over to the window. Down, Mixie, she said as she brushed her from the sill. Down. She stopped as she looked outside, scanning the overgrown greenery of her back garden, inspecting left and right into the shadows of the fields behind, so thick and dark that she even closed her eyes for a second and tried to picture the city lights of her old London apartment. She found comfort in it, just for a second, before opening them once again and looking into the inky darkness. She worked her view over the broken boards of the fence at the back of her garden and saw the corpse of trees and the thing that sat on the edge of them. A monstrous oak tree, much, much thicker than the others. A wider base, fat and stumpy, reaching up and splitting into two fat arms that lifted into the air like it was caught and frozen midway through some interpretive dance. The big bows then split and separated into spingly, jagged fingers that looked ready to reach out and wrap its branches around throats and limbs and to squeeze, squeeze, squeeze away the life. And then, as the noise grew and the fear started to settle in the back of her throat and Alison felt the bitter taste of chalk and bile, she saw it. Or at least, she thought she saw it. It was much too dark to see wasn't it? But there it was. The face. What gifts I bring for thee The time of life and the buzzing of bee Three more tablets that night and she was back in bed. Unable to truly drift, not without hearing the singing, feeling the thumping of dancing feet slamming on grassy ground, and hearing the crying of babies. Not humans. She didn't think. But it was more like that of a baby goat. A warbling cry of hurting youth. Then there were blades, which she was sure of, and blood. there was a face. It was a face of he who gives and those who worshipped before it. Shit alley. What? The morning after she managed to catch her neighbour, Mr Robson, before he climbed into his Astor and set off to work. He looked morning fresh. Even had some white shaving foam clinging to the top of his cheek. Alison didn't think it polite to mention it. You were asking what was just behind our houses? Yeah. Well, I think it was just a gangway originally. You know, just to get to the farmland and trails behind it. But nobody ever went there. Apart from the junkies and boy racers. That's when it seemed to pick up the nickname. Shit Alley. You know, because it was full of shit. Oh, right. Uh, listen, Alison said. 
eyeing the Robinson's kid's bike at the front door. Does the name Old Nobly mean anything to you? Mr Robinson pointed his keys at the car and beeped it to unlock. He checked his watch. You mean pervertry? He opened the car door. Evidently running late now. Pervertry? Yeah, well, it's this big giant oak out back. The kids had all kind of different names for it. Old Nobly, the goon face, the pervert tree. They both laughed. Alison wasn't sure why. It's this big goofy looking thing that looks like a pervert, so... I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> kids will be kids. But sure they will. He drove off and left her in her own driveway, looking up to the bathroom window to see Mixie sat there her eyes like glass marbles watching two pigeons scuttling on the telephone wire above. Back inside the house and she put some food out for her. The old cat grumbled as she gnawed weakly at the thick cuts of ashen meat. Alison looked down at her withered companion and pictured the day she'd brought her home all those years ago. A sweet little kitten who never left her side. She walked to the kitchen sink and washed her hands. As she scrubbed, her eyes drifted from the fence at the back garden and down into the sink. The song returned and she watched, hypnotised by the suds and water gurgling down the sinkhole and into the world below. reaching up and out of the grill of the drain. Tiny and graceful. It reached halfway out of the basin before the tip of it sprouted into a beautiful yellow flower. Fear tickled her skin to sugar paper as she watched the finger of green continue to sneak towards her. She plucked the flowering end of it away with a plink, and for some reason she didn't quite understand, she placed it into her mouth tongued its bitter texture around before swallowing it whole. It was that night she ventured out into shit alley. It was that night the songs entered her mind. The singing now joined by the thumping of bare feet and the fiddling of some stringed instrument that she had no name for. In her transfixed state, she stepped through the overgrowth. Her little plastic bag by her side dragging through the bracken, Poor old Mixie, she thought, as she moved into the shadows toward the song. At least she was double-bagged. Soon enough, the face and the shadows emerged. Pervertry. She could see it. The ancient oak with the spindly, knobbly fingers reaching into the sky above. A hollowed-out blackened chunk cut from its front with one small and one large scar above where large branches once sat, long since broken away to reveal those deep-set blackened eyes beneath. Old Nobly. She understood now. Shitali was once a place of worship. Its reverence was still there. Hidden underneath layers of time, people gathered here and they gave gifts to the tree. Usually baby goats, but there were others too. 
sometimes the badly born, the malformed and dumb, they were given, not without heartbreak, not without sacrifice. Alison stepped closer and her body began to move and creep like there were beetles underneath her skin. She looked at the face, her head lifted to the side, watching, seeing. Mixie mewled from within the bag, probably struggling to breathe. She lifted the bag and saw her old cat's marbled eyes within. They looked at her with betrayal and sadness. I thought you wanted to go outside, she said not without regret but wasn't that the point of sacrifice it had to hurt for a while she stood before old Nobly in cool silence a thousand intimate conversations passed between them unspoken and then the tree moved the wind brushed through its fingers and it shivered She sang, quietly at first as she placed Mixie on the floor by the big open, caught-in-a-scream mouth. The time of life and the buzzing of bee. As Mixie drunkly pushed herself out of the bag, those sleeping pills she'd put in her food made for a heavy dose for the old feline, she began to move her feet stomping down, left and right, onto the thorns and needles. It was painful, and soon enough the blood came, but she paid no mind. She removed her nightie and began the dance she'd dreamed of, as old Nobly had taught her. And in response, the ground moved. The green and brown fingers, the roots, wormed out from the soil. Mixie screamed as the fingers grasped her paws and pulled her downwards, beginning to pull the pieces apart and to feed them into the gaping mouth. Make us big and fat and wide. How peculiar she must look. Dancing naked around some old tree. A god nonetheless. Singing that old folk song. Her pounding feet made for the percussion and the screaming cat made for the instrumentation. But Alison knew now she had to give, and give and give to old Nobly. No, his true name. What was it? Adad? Veradios? Something. He was an old god and he was famished, the poor thing. So she danced and sang and gave and planned to do so the next day. And the day after that, until the fields grew fat with yellow once again. If you enjoyed this show and would like to see the other stories continue and get access to exclusive episodes every month, then why not head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and become a patron today. You can pledge from as little as a dollar a month and you'll join what I like to call the cool gang. 
So once again, that's patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaner. Until next time. It was the way he said it. The thing that... The thing that gives to the people. That had a veneer of malefic... Malevolence. Malevolence? I'll say it a few different ways so you can pick the right one. That had a veneer of malevolence. That's definitely not it. Right, let me check it. That had a veneer of malevolence. Oh, fucking hell. Malevolence. Malevolence. That had a veneer of malevolence. <laughs> Sorry about this. Malevolence. Malele- malelef- Not elephant. There's no elephants. Malevolence. That had a veneer of malevolence. 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 That had a veneer of malevolence. That had a veneer of malevolence. That had a veneer of malevolence. Had a veneer of malevolence of evil. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.